Welcome to Career Crossroads Uncorked, a series of member chats inspired by good drinks and current talent acquisition trends. Your hosts, Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin, break down today's recruiting headlines while reviewing a select beverage of choice with industry leaders and influencers. Join us for a drink in conversation. Let's do a quick round of introductions. If you're listening to the show, hi, I'm Chris. I'm the host. Uh, and we've got uh, Jerry Crispin over here. Uh, what, Jerry, you're not a co-host. What would what would you be? Would you just be the, the the Godfather of Funk on the on the podcast? Well, pretty soon I'll be Santa Claus, but we're good. <laughs> that's okay. That's back to the burn. And then, Lord, what, why don't you give us a, why don't you give us an introduction of of yourself and what and what what you're up to lately? Sure, happy to. So hello, everyone who's joining. And of course, hello, Chris and Jerry. Uh, good to be here. Um, so my name is Lauren Bunch, and I recently joined the Endeavor company. Happy to share what that is as their SVP of global recruiting based here in New York. If there was ever a house of brands, it's it's got to be Endeavor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quite a few. How, do you know how many? How many brand like total yet? I know you're 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 a shiny penny over there. Your brand's counted up to I think seven or eight. Man, yeah, yeah, they got, they got quite a lot going on. And one of them, so is it, do I know this right? One of them's the cage fighting folks. The U, they got some UFC. UFC. Yep, yeah. UFC, which is based out of Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that's great. You get in here and fill out that application, and. Lauren, what, what are we drinking today on the uncorked episode? Yes, yeah, so I actually have to uncork mine because I was literally in typical recruiter fashion uh, running from writing a weekly update to T minus T minus um, two minutes to start. So what we're drinking today is a Joseph Phelps Pinot Noir. This is one of my favorites. I have many. And Jerry, I'm assuming you know this one. Am I correct? Easily. We I think Jerry's on a little bit of a delay. He's in a new, he's in a different location today. So we managed to get Joseph Phelps Cabernet. Couldn't find the Pinot Noir. I managed to almost have a disaster, but I did manage to save it. Uh, so I'm excited about it. I am I am uncorked now and ready to pour. But Jerry, I have a fancy glass that that I will be drinking from. This is What's this, that? Was, this was a gift from from Jerry uh, last Christmas, I think. So yeah, it's a it's a beautiful it's it's empty, but it is a beautiful glass. The cab is my favorite in the winter months. Yeah, I do like you know. I will tell you, I have started drinking more Pinots. Uh, Trevor Voss, who is a friend of ours in Australia, who you may know from the Australasian. Uh, events that he has done, or he's got a great newsletter that they put out pretty frequently. Really nice guy. Uh, I was just talking to him the other day, an email back and forth, and we used to both be big cab drinkers, but now we're, we're both drinking Pinots. And I don't know if Me that's too. Yeah, I'm with you. I followed that trend, but it's been a couple couple years. I love oh. cabs and I love Pinots, but Pinots are just lighter of course and oh yeah cabs used to be the only way i would go strangely mm-hmm. enough but now, now i'm a pinot guy 
let me throw another one at you, which is hard to find, but the Joseph Phelps Syrah. Hmm. All right. When they release it, they don't release a lot of it. And my husband's in charge of keeping track of when it comes out and ordering some. And I'll just say this. We don't have any in the house and it's not because we drank it. So. Oh, all right. In, in demand. Is that what's going on? Well, I don't know if he's doing his job. Oh, right. <laughs> well, initially I thought you were going to tie it to somehow it's his employment on some level because you were like, you know, no. he's in charge of it. I'm like, oh, do we have a wine guy? Do we have a wine no. guy? Do we have a contact? No, but he works for Workday. So I guess that's relevant. Okay. <laughs> that is sort of relevant. Well, All cheers. Right. Well, cheers. Cheers to you. So, so while we consume this wonderful, wonderful beverage of the gods, uh, Lauren, what, what have you been up to? I know you're starting a new gig, but what, what's new for you? What's been going on? Yeah. So, uh, the last couple of weeks, um, I, I just started this job uh, at the end of June. So, it's that's really where my focus has been these last couple of weeks and i'm just really excited about it. um it gets me back into the media and entertainment space um from every single aspect when you think about life's experiences um this company puts on events like the super bowl and um just you know you think about life you think about the experiences and um you know, what sorts of things I love, uh, which is media, entertainment, music, um, you name it. It's, it's really just such a great fit for me. So I'm excited to be there and excited to, to be bringing others into this fantastic company. So yeah. I've been up I, to that. I um, think we met you, you were at, um, were you at Time, were you at Time Warner? Yep. Yeah. You were at yeah. Time Warner when we met you. Yeah. Time Warner, I spent 17 years there. So I really, yeah. I grew up there. And after I left, I actually got into the tech space for about four yeah. years, which was awesome. I learned so much. Um, it was really fun to, to do something new and totally outside of what I had been doing for so long. And I think it really rounded out um, just me as a recruiting leader. So I'm really grateful for all the experience that I've gotten along the way. I think that's wonderful. Is there, um, is there a particular uh, event that you are going to have, have to crash uh, or attend <laughs> as part of your onboarding? I don't know yet. Right now it's people's offices. <laughs> is, are you guys uh, back to the workplace? Is it a high? We are. Really yeah. Back? How does yep. that work? Yeah, this week, this week I was in Monday through Thursday and I worked from home today. And for me, um, first week, it was really tough. Get back on the train, uh, get back on a you know schedule, uh, get back to real clothes and uh, try to make that all work. And yeah. the, the first week, I just I, I felt kind of like a mess just getting myself back to it. And um uh, you know, it, it, it all came together. I think by the second week, I, I remembered what it, what it was like to run to the train at seven 30 in the morning and just make it. Yeah. Wind <laughs> sitting down, right. Yeah. Hoping the Wi-Fi on the train works. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been really good. And what also um, is very apparent just a couple weeks in is how much easier it is for me personally to meet people and build relationships in the office. Um, there's the hallway conversations. There's the pop-ins. Uh, it just, it's made, it's made it so much easier. And I don't know about others, but for me through, you know, working just at home on the screen through the pandemic, um, I, you know, I can't see anything anymore. I definitely need glasses. I need to give into that. So just yeah, getting I'm, myself off the screen, I think is, is a good thing for me personally. And it's not our age. It's that's not why we need glasses. No, I know it's, it's not that at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah. and where are you commuting from? Westchester. Got so it's about 35, 40 minutes. It, 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 it had not occurred to me the, yep. um, uh, like getting back into the office and the normalcy of people popping in and seeing everybody and getting dressed. But what I had not considered, because I've been remote, fully remote for almost seven years and then sort of partially remote for five years prior to that, it's it had not occurred to me the the commute, like the the, the sort of the getting your body used to that commute again, the, the unwind time. Because I remember when early when that kicked in, a lot of people were complaining they'd lost their commute time and that was their unwind that was their buffer between home yes. and work to get your get your game face on and then put your game face away right to unwind on the way back so it's yeah. a little bit of an adjustment huh it's so true um i had a meeting this week and the the woman i was meeting with we were talking about this you sort of feel like a hero when you arrive because you've already blown blown through all of these emails and you've done all this work on the train and you get there and you're sort of ready to sit down and start your day yeah. And even this morning, I, I didn't have that time. And so I, I, it was like a, a scramble today. And so that train time is really invaluable. And then just as you said, on the way home, same thing. I get through all my emails all at once. So I get home, can relax a little bit, make some dinner, walk the dogs. It's It's actually been great for me to have a little bit more of that. I will be, I will be interested to hear how your how your how you feel your productivity goes because if you've got if you've got like a thirty minute forty minute uh, are you giving that up or you know from from you know you, your commute time was work time at home before are mm -hmm. you giving that up uh, or are you one of those people that that is more helpful for you to just be crushing it on the train or in the car or better yep. headspace for you yeah and. The big difference for me personally, just in a couple of weeks, has been all the people I can grab for five minutes. I don't need a 30-minute video meeting. I need five minutes for a question or to get, you know, get something out or get something asked. My days are much more efficient, even though I'm adding back in a commute. Yeah. Are you uh is your <laughs> is your budget gonna take a hit? Cause you gotta buy you gotta buy clothes now to go back into the office, right? Well, that was inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> would it be not, you know, I like, I'm a shoe guy. And one of the things I, I do kind of miss about the office is putting on cool shoes all the time and, you mm -hmm. know, different, different kind of, like I have a lot of shoes, I think maybe even for a dude. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind, of, it's kind of an interesting thing. Whereas like right now I'm, I'm in flip-flops uh, and I, I just wear flip-flops every day. I put on shoes the other day to go to dinner and I was like, oh, these don't feel very good. These shoes yeah. are, my toes feel claustrophobic now. 
Yeah, but here's the other thing. And I noticed that this just by being back in the city, you, of course, observe what people are wearing. And dress has just totally changed. You don't see any suits. You might see a blazer. Most mm. of the shoes that I see are nice leather sneakers, nice, comfortable shoes. You do not see heels. You see a lot of sneakers. Oh, no. Are heels going away? Yes. Oh, no. They're gone, Chris. (laughs) That's how far removed I am. Way out in the country. Except for special events. And Ah. maybe if you have a driving commute. But if you're walking around New York, you don't see any heels. Well, so let me ask you, outside of the fashion, uh, outside of the fashion selections, is there anything you think um, you're going to try to tackle first? I mean, obviously, you're going to have a ramp up period. You're going to have to, you know, get get acclimated uh, to the culture there. But can you think of anything you think you really like you've got on the agenda you really want to hit first yet? Oh, yeah, I have six things. So I sent this out two weeks ago. So it's meeting the team and meeting partners, peers, spending time as a group and one-on-one with everyone that I'm going to work with. Number two, and these are in no particular order, but number two, meeting uh, as many clients and business leaders as I can. Um, Sooner is better than later because we can create our strategy based on what we learn from the business. So that's going to be really important. Getting my arms around the data, the numbers operationally, where are we? And um, looking at process, which we've already started looking at systems and how we leverage our systems and how everybody on the team leverages the system. So that'll be a big thing. How we integrate diversity through every step of the way mm-hmm. in our recruiting process, but just in, in what we do as, as a global team. Um, what am I missing? That's one, two, three, four. We have a number of open roles on the team. So getting us to full staff, I've got a team in total of probably close to 45. Oh, wow. So we've got, we've got a handful of openings that we've yet to, to get through. Okay. And then well, there's those, one I'm missing. The, those will appear on cxr.works slash jobs uh, soon. So all of your recruiting jobs will show up there. We'll see what yes. we can help with that. Yeah, but so, yeah. I, so I sort of made the comment earlier, and you're no stranger to it, that struggle of a, a house of brands and a branded house. Mm-hmm. Is it, are you gonna? Are, are you anticipating sort of the same challenge there? Because you're no stranger to that either. Big brands, a lots of you know JVs or partly these different partnerships, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. So do you do you anticipate that? Is the recruiting team structured that way by brand? How, how does it work there? Yes. So we're we're aligned by business, and so that that's one of my early goals, which is how we interconnect as a team. Because if you're aligned to your business leader and your HR partners, how do you then connect across the team? And if you're working on marketing over here and your peer group is working on marketing over here, how do I make sure that you have the tools that you need to share the leads and create an experience? Interesting. And a a team of roughly 50, that's that's going to be no small task initially. No. Very cool. How's uh, yeah. how's your wine going? That's exciting. I get talking and I forget it's here, which I think that's, <laughs> that's what I'm those... here for. 
social things I need to bring back into my life. Yeah. Well, you know what we've got, Jerry and I were laughing about this the other day. What we've noticed is, um, we, you know, you, you're going to go into a restaurant if you haven't already, and you're going to get a wine port and you're going to look at it and be like, is the server mad at me? Like, why, why, why aren't they filling the glass up? You're getting a real pour, but you've been at home doing these COVID pours, you know, for two <laughs> years where it's like, you know, I sat down on the couch the other day and I, I think I had a wine and it was up to here. My partner, she looked at me and she goes, what a pour. And I said, it's just saving me a trip. So I don't have to get up. <laughs> wow. I think she was more mad. I didn't fill hers up as much as I you sound like my, my better half here. Those yeah. are his pores, and he says the same thing. I don't have to get back up if it's that high. Yeah. But isn't it supposed to breathe? I mean, Jerry, you're the wine expert. What do you think? What's the right size pour? It, it shouldn't be more than four or five ounces. It really shouldn't. And, yes, it's easy, to, especially if you've got a bigger glass, it's easy to go, you know, halfway up. So what if my key here is to keep the bottle nearby? So what, Jerry what always if, has a solution. What if my glass is bigger? Is it a ratio to the glass or is it truly just so many ounces? Couldn't I just get one of those big glasses and fill that up? Because she's got to breathe, right? Surface area. <laughs> Surface area. <laughs> Wine snobs so, everywhere are just dying. So, Chris, what he's basically saying is you're doing it wrong. I don't know. It feels right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels just fine. You do you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, so you asked what else I've I've been up to. Um we went to our first actually two concerts, one smaller and one large. We went to see Kenny Chesney in Nashville. Kenny Chesney, nice. and when was that? Oh my gosh! Time still runs together. Was it when uh, I called you? I was in Southern California, and I remember this is going to sound terrible. I remember sitting poolside, and I actually had a whiskey, and I rang you up, and we were talking about a, a project that we were going to uh, make. Right? Take off. No, that was the Brothers Osborne show. Oh, okay, I knew I remembered there was something. There. That was at our local theater, and it, I mean, it wasn't that small. It was just local, and we traveled for the other one, but. They were amazing. And you're, and you're a big live music fan? Yes. So we're, we're going to pull you into Austin then soon, right? Yes. I yeah. need to get there. For, for sure. sure. Austin is the new Career Crossroads headquarters. Yeah. Well, it I don't want to say this too loudly because I don't want to ruin my chances, but for those who are on uh, the Ticketmaster verified mailing list, Bruce Springsteen has just announced his tour for 2023. Ooh. I'd like to see the boss. I have never seen Springsteen in concert. Have you? No. I have. But I've been yeah. waiting. You've seen him, Jerry? Yeah. I, I saw him down in Atlantic City. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Let's see. Last concert. Okay. So your last concert was Kenny Chesney. Yep. Let's see. Last concert. My last concert would have been Camp uh, at the Stubb. I think it's called Stubbs. The barbecue. It's like a barbecue concert venue. Uh, I think here in downtown Austin. Oh, cool. We use Stubbs for a barbecue. There you, I think it's I think that's right. I'm gonna get crucified by Austinites, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's right. 
And then Jerry, what, what about you? What is your, what's your last live concert? Oh my God. I mean, burn doesn't count. Nothing at the burn counts. I, I didn't go to many of the, the concerts at the burn. They're crazy. So, <laughs> and they lasted until six. No, I, I think of my first concert in Brooklyn and the, um, the headliner the was Beastie a guy Boys. named Please be the Beastie Boys. Uh, her name Jackie Wilson, and the and the opening act uh, was Little Stevie Wonder. Wow! Eleven years old. Eleven years old, singing fingertips, and it just blew the audience away. And I wasn't a hell of a lot older than he was at the time, so you know it was it was pretty cool. Oh, man. That's a really good one. But I, I'm not a concert go. I, I really don't. At this point, no. No, that, it's a little bit too much for me. So here's so, my challenge. Uh, with I'm with you, Jerry. I, I need a chair at a concert. I am of a certain age. I do not need to be standing the whole time anymore, especially because the yeah. main act doesn't come out till well after like 10 o'clock usually, and it started at 7. So you've been listening to a bunch of people you've never heard of. But I need a chair to sit down in. Yeah. I mean, I go depends on where I am. Fly in this, fly in the family stoned. Uh, <laughs> I go, uh, and and Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Ooh. and um, Sammy Davis Jr. Wow, singing together, and they're all pretty much gone. So you know, you can you can tell that was a while ago. Oh man, that's amazing. But those are kind of iconic stuff, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Are you uh, so, Lauren? Are you a um, are you a stander or a sitter at the concert? I'm a stander the whole time. Yeah, it's like you're the at Madison the Square Garden. Then I'll I'll sit there, but like this last show, I didn't sit once. Oh man, at Kenny Chesney, you didn't sit down for any of it. No. Did you have a chair? Was chair I had a chair. Oh man. Well, and we're I on the end of the row, which I got major points for because I'd booked these tickets three years ago and it was postponed. So I couldn't even remember where our seats, what seats I picked. And oh, gosh. so I we're have... as close as you could get with a chair, okay. but I didn't use the chair. I like the chair as an out though. You've got a, you've got a clear, eh, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I get a little, I can sit down. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I just, we saw Matt Kearney, uh, a few months ago at, at city limits downtown. And that was fantastic. And we sat on that second, second section up, if you're familiar with it. So you got great chairs, great view. There's not a bad place in the house. Nice. Uh, one wonderful concert. Um, but I, I enjoyed sitting the whole time. I I just, I might be, I might be a curmudgeon maybe for concerts. I love them, but I need a chair. That's all right. That's your vibe. Yeah. <laughs> My vibe is chair vibe. <laughs> Oh, you're sitting and enjoying the show. There's nothing wrong with that. That's true. I'm not yelling at anybody to get off my lawn, though, so that's fine. <laughs> what, which one do you have coming up? I know you are you don't want to jinx yourself for the boss, but is there is there something else you got booked? Um, well, we actually, and again, this is going back three years, we had booked tickets to see Kenny because he had just announced his tour. So we got tickets for Nashville and then we got tickets for Giant Stadium. So we're going to see him again in August. Oh, wow. I don't think there's anything in between now and then. But I'd love to see um, Chris Stapleton again. Um, 
Mm. I like thing. a lot of different music, but he's yeah. pretty great. Stapleton, I would really like to see. I, I find him brilliant, and I, I do enjoy his music. Yeah, yeah. Who just announced they were doing a? Is it Garth Brooks is doing a big tour, and he's going to finish in a oh. stadium or something? He's wrapping up. That's what I last saw. I saw Garth Brooks when he quit. When he when he decided to take time off. And he made a deal with Wynn uh, to come to Las Vegas once a month and do a small venue. And they had um, this extraordinary approach where you had to, if you got tickets, you had to go and prove who you were um, and get get um, something on your on your arm that was locked in. So that when you actually showed up, it matched the ticket. It was really like unbelievable. A chip? Was only, you got chipped? Yeah, there was only like 250 people in the room. Did they inject something into you, Jerry? No, into no, your arm? no. It was, it, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was, you know, it was one of those things you couldn't pull off your damn, your damn arm kind of thing. <laughs> is it, and, is it just um, me or is, is Garth Brooks like kind of intense? Like about who can see the like hears music and watches concerts. Like he tries to stay in really small venues. He, he can't find his so, stuff on Spotify. So I will tell you, he was he had, he had kind of given it up, and he he came out. And he just brought his guitar, and he brought a chair, and he sat on the stage, and he just started talking about the things that uh, impressed him, the things that inspired him to sing a song, and so he would. He would refer to um, some old <laughs> Waylon Jennings or somebody, and he'd say, "You know, when Waylon did this, here's how that I was inspired to write this." And so he'd play a few a few lines from what Waylon Jennings did, and then he he played, you know, a a um, you know a riff with with one of the things that he did, and he did this for almost two and a half hours, and it was like a very intimate. Um, kind of piece of who he was and how he thought about his music and why he did the things he did. I thought that was we we were all just totally enthralled. You know? Very cool. And that that was that was probably one of the best conference I've uh, concerts I've ever been to, but obviously a very intimate one and and very low key. And I was definitely in the seat. Very cool. We're thinking of a couple. Uh, dinners in Manhattan, maybe one in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. When I can, I have a dinner at uh, Molo's in Weehawken. Okay. Which, which is really right across from the you know uh, the center of Manhattan. Yeah. Has nice. a view of Manhattan that's fabulous. Oh. That's, so I'll, yeah. I'll keep you. I'll at least keep you in the loop on those. Please do, uh, because because we're trying to have more dinners in in a variety of cities, and bring uh, some of the people that we know. There's a number of women um, vendors who live in and around New York. So um, Catherine Minshew, who does the Muse. Mm -hmm. um, 
Frida Poli, who has Pymetrics. Um, trying to think of um, the person who has hired score. She's up in Westchester, I think. Okay. A couple of them are. And Maury, Maury Hannigan's uh, Spark, she's, she's in New York as well. These are all interesting people who have built startups in our space, um, struggle a little bit because they were dealing with, you know, how do I, how do I as a woman mm -hmm. do a startup when I'm competing with all these guys who are trying to, you know, take all the money kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it's fast. Their stories are fascinating and, yeah. and some of their products uh, increasingly are evolving, I think, into uh, really valuable tools that, you know, I mean, over time, you've got to figure out what kind of arrows should I have in my quiver that that help my recruiters do what they have to do. Yep. And I think Absolutely. that continues to evolve. I don't think there's any one silver bullet. I think you're constantly saying, how does this all fit together? How do I how do I maximize how they integrate with one another yep. um, to, to create the efficiencies and productivities that we need to have? And then the uniqueness of who you have to hire. I mean, who yeah. you're going after, what you're doing. I find it yeah. fascinating and uh, still fascinating. Yeah. And so Chris and I have spent more time engaging some of these characters who are emerging uh, particularly the ones who really care about our profession and you know our industry um we purposely don't uh don't get involved in um representing them mm -hmm. uh, which some people do out there but we're yeah. we know that you pay us so that's enough we'll we'll, yep. we'll, we'll take that but um, I don't want to get involved in, even though I like a number of these characters, I don't want to be on their boards. Yeah. Um, I think it it uh, creates a conflict of interest. Yeah. Well, there's so much to leverage. And what I found in, you know, working across a, a couple different companies over these last however many years, um, five or six years, it's it's really the stage of growth that the recruiting team within that particular company is in right. and what they need at that moment in time. I think that's like 80% of it, yeah. just from what I've seen. Um, some are way you, you far ahead with baseline. tools and yeah. You need to establish the baseline of where you are, and I think that you're in the process of doing that by talking to the clients and the and the recruiters and whatever. And, and out of that, you'll you'll certainly um, create your own point of view relative to it. And I have, you know, one of the things that I I, I think you know about that you we can offer to you is there. You're not the only one who is starting off dealing with this. So mm -hmm. Danielle Monaghan is in the early stages of moving to Google, mm -hmm. doing the same exam that you're doing. Yeah. Um, Melissa at Ford is doing the same damn thing, you know, and there's mm -hmm. four or five of you 
who are members who um, who literally have moved in the last three months, four months. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and are establishing those kinds of things and picking each other's brains just as it as as the time evolves when you say, you know, I got enough information I want to share. I want to, you know, have a quiet conversation that's off the record yeah. with a couple people. Um, I know they will step up and and give you that time. Right now, it's yeah. just for me personally understanding the foundation and where we are. And I think coming in new, you have to meet the organization where it is today and step into it and learn from the team and leverage the team that's been there. and then you can start to build even further and see what makes sense and when. But I think that's the fun of it. What's right now? What's later? What are we working towards? Where do we want to get to? I think when you can look at it as an adventure, you're really right on the right track um, mm-hmm. because nobody's got the, the full answer. I do believe that one of the missing pieces to what we do is is converting or curating the kind of content and data that we're developing that would be advantageous to how a candidate makes a decision. When you think about feedback that's given to a candidate, I think about what, you know, what it is or or what is it that wasn't right for them in this role at this company right now. And there, there are, them as a person and then it's the experience that they bring and we along with hiring managers really need to understand if they're going to step into that particular job and thrive right and if they're not then they're not the answer but to be able to provide someone with feedback that helps them sometimes it's not about what they can they can do it's about finding that right spot for them that really makes them sync up and for recruiters who have a real network of people that they're in touch with for years and years and years it's they're always there and then as you have these jobs that open up you're thinking about them and then you know when it's right and those those are the best finds I see my job as a recruiter to also be thinking about, you know, where where else people could fit. And if I've got a network of peers who do what I do, how are we helping them? Because look, you're going to be on a call anyway. Why not make it worthwhile for everybody? And there's nothing worse, you know, for a candidate than to hear a recruiter checking through the box. Like get energized, get engaged you know, learn about them. And then if you don't have something, who who does in your network? The talent market is so tight right now. I think we can, we can help people make this process a bit less painful. So I think we're at a point where we are getting um, our act together from an employer point of view and, and seriously beginning to try to understand how the experience of the candidate themselves. I think one of my fantasies, uh, Lauren, is 
I would love someday that we could randomly survey a hundred job seekers and about about the recruiting processes that they're going through and have them say, you know, for the most part, it's been fair, it's been helpful. Um, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this 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 experience of trying to find a new job. It's it is frustrating on occasion because I don't win all the jobs, but the people that I've been talking to, regardless of whether I get the job or not, have been helpful and supportive of you know my goals. And yep. if we if we ever get to that point. Uh, then I think we can be pretty proud of our profession and industry. We're not there yet, <laughs> and I don't know if we're going to get there by the time I'm gone. But, but I have to say, it's a it's a noble goal, and uh, whether we do it in individually as part of our work in an, in a given employer, uh, but I also think we have a responsibility to think more broadly from our employer to what we can do as an industry together. Yep. And so one of the things that Chris and I are trying to work on is how do we build a collective voice of our industry to influence some of the practices so that we, we kind of raise the bar a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. It's not boring. That's for sure. No, no, it has not been. Well, Lauren, uh, I mean, it's really good to see you. So I'm, I'm super excited to see you in person. Are you, uh, are you going to make it in October to the, our live leadership meeting? Where is it? It is in Chicago. Okay, it's possible. Okay, all right. I, I think you both are aware. We, um, uh, Endeavor, uh, will be signing up as soon as I complete that form as uh, one of the, the newest members. Um, so we, we are eager and excited to, to do so. And then once I've done that, I can see the locations of the meetings. <laughs> October, October, October will be a little bit, we're doing something a little bit different uh, for the leaders. So it's, it's gonna be kind of fun. Little, little bit more- um, well, What is it, Chris? Little bit wellness meets meeting. So. I don't want to get, I don't want to give too much away. But, but, Yoga? Yeah. Where is there, it? That'll tell me everything I need be, to know. There may who's, be an who's opportunity hosting? to do yoga. Uh, nobody's hosting. We're doing it at a retreat. Yeah. So it'll be fun. Different. A little different. We thought we'd shake things up. Yeah. That was an excellent teaser. So I'll be looking into that for sure. But That's it. That's you had me at leadership meeting. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> I do think we're going to have a good turnout for that. Um, a lot of really interesting characters who are, you know, running running TA, who by and large just want to have a, an engagement with peers, you know, about where it's been. It's been a two-year hiatus kind of thing for most. Almost well, three. I think it'll be yeah. an interesting conversation for sure. Well, I think it's worth calling out. So we're doing, so obviously Jerry will be here in Austin next week. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a little dinner, uh, and we send it out. We actually have people driving hours uh, to come to the dinner, which is fat. They just they are that. I think people are just that hungry 
no pun intended, but to sit down <laughs> with, with friends and colleagues and, and just talk. Uh, and I, th I just think that's incredible. There's no way three, four years ago, I would have driven just to go to a dinner and turn around. Sure you There's just no, but I mean, well, it depends, I guess. I, like, yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about doing that. Uh, and I mentioned it with Lauren that we were thinking about at some point, um, New York. And in addition yeah. to the, um, the members that we have in New York, we also have a number of, uh, talent solutions community folks, most of whom are women, uh, who are heading up really interesting technology organizations there. Um, and so it could be a really interesting evening of conversation for sure. Oh, yeah. We did, a, I will never forget, we did a dinner in New York where we had five, yep, was it five women CEOs, founders? Uh, at the table. And it's the first time I ever thought, oh my God, I wish I just had like a YouTube camera crew here because the conversation was so amazing to just have I think them... this is what Jerry was talking about. Is that the same dinner, Jerry? Am I doing a repeat? Sorry. No, no, no. no. no well, well, no, we did it. We did it years ago, about five years ago. Uh, this dinner with women who are HR tech founders. None we of were, them we were blown connected. away because of the issues they shared, they were sharing with each other as if the two white guys were not, you know, there. And, and it was a, an education for me yeah. on some of the issues that they faced into and had to solve that I, I would never have imagined. And I was, I was just blown away by it. And, and I'm thinking, you know, wow. I, and that's that's five years ago, and 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 we're thinking, you know, how do you how how do you become more of an ally for people who who have great ideas, fully committed to doing good things, but fundamentally have challenges that are just stupid. You know, some of the challenges are just not challenges we should have, mm -hmm. and how do you help them overcome those? So. It's it's kind of a fascinating issue, and we're it's still a struggle. There is a, a strong, I think, hunger to move faster than we have considered in the past. I think there's an awful lot of effort now to do that, and I do think that companies that do it should be highlighted much more than in the past, and I, the companies that don't should be outed much more than in the past. So that fundamentally we can, you know, kind of level load a little bit. If it takes that long to get to one place, shouldn't there be some sort of accelerator? What what can we join that could be more of an accelerator? What could we do individually that could be more of an accelerator? I think that's that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Chris, I want to tell you that you can't I see can anything. Get... I'm on audio only. <laughs> You're on, what do you mean you're on audio? Oh, oh you are. Yet I can see you. <laughs> you can see me? Okay. I see what it is. I can what see it says, you. but I know what it is. Lauren, can you see that? It says Santa. Yeah. So, so oh, uh, Chris, no. I found some coins. I found some coins on the web that I've, uh, that I'll bring one of them down to you to, uh, to next week. Um, but I know we're getting some coins ready for Burning Man, and 
I just wanted to tell you that I I've, I found a couple coins that that are Santa's coins to give away. Oh no, sexy Santa! Oh yeah. All right, could be, could be dangerous. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Do do I have to call you Santa Claus when we're at the burn? I don't I don't no, think. No, no, that's okay. You can call me whatever you want. Do you need like a code name at Burning Man? Is that what? That's my code name is Santa. And what's Chris's? <laughs> I don't have a playa name. I, 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 I don't, don't think have... they gave him a playa name. But mm -hmm. I, I'm going to, one of our uh, members, actually, uh, Michael Canisto, is, is actually me a robe that will reflect a more exotic kind of Santa. And then I have, I have glasses to go along with it. Chris, if only you could see. I, I can now see Jerry. I can't. Okay. I can't and see the, Lauren. And the hat. <laughs> oh my! So Jerry, I haven't told you this yet. So this is a new release. We will con be conducting podcast interviews at the burn on I the topic on the wow. topic of community. How how in fact can we do that from a technical point of view? If in fact there's no internet connection that's a lot of facts in that question and i'm just going to tell you got it covered says the guy whose internet isn't working today <laughs> well i assume these won't be live they will be shot and edited later because <laughs> i am sure they will need editing am yeah. i wrong they definitely will need editing <laughs> i'm thinking a couple sensor you remember the TMZ? Unless you show? have a five-second delay, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll just need those blocks right. that show up <laughs> to cover things. It'll be fine. I think I can speak I for everyone when I say we look forward to seeing these podcasts. Numbers are going to jump. I, I'm. I am convinced that that Burning Man offers an insight into how community develops in a way that that employers should be learning from. I would agree with that. That's why we go. We just have to figure out how to say that in a way that is understandable and usable. <laughs> and that would I be I wish the you both luck. <laughs> well, because I am on the last glass of, of my uh, wine. Already? Uh, I want to, well, I'm a fast drinker. Let's get those large pours. Feels judgy. <laughs> no judgment here. Lauren, I want to I want to thank you for joining us. It is fun to connect with you and it's lovely to see you. And I, I hope that you make it to Chicago. Whether or not you do the, the, yoga, the yoga with us or not, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I like yoga. I love yoga. Big fan. I'm my wounded dog is probably better than any you've seen anywhere. Aw. It's gonna be amazing. Awesome. I, I so good not. to see you guys. I will, I will participate in a way that I can, whatever that is. That's fair. I love that. That's fair. All right. it well, is good. Well, well, it is good to see you. I do appreciate you, Jonathan. It, it is. It's um, great. Great to, good see, to you. see you both. And good to be back. Home. Yeah. Welcome home. Thank you. Welcome home. Good stuff. Have a wonderful weekend. So Share a little bit of that wine, but hopefully there's a little left with your significant other. I will. Or don't. Just tell them the call went long and finish it. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Sure has low expectations. I doubt it. I highly <laughs> doubt it. <laughs>
All right. Thank you both. See you soon. Thank you both. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Career Crossroads Uncorked. Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin look forward to sharing more drinks and conversation with you next time. Until then, cheers.